with Scott Allen. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in this beautiful world. I am your host, Scott J. Allen, and this is Phrenesis, Practical Wisdom for Leaders. Now, I am a professor of management at John Carroll University in Cleveland, Ohio, USA. In addition, I'm a husband and father of three teens. Now, this is a family endeavor. Will played the intro, Kate voiced the intro, and who knows, you may hear from Emily a little later. I'm also an author, entrepreneur, speaker, and co-founder of the Collegiate Leadership Competition. I love to travel, explore new places with family, and learn from others. Phronesis offers a smart, fast-paced discussion about all things leadership and followership, if we're honest. My guests are scholars and practitioners, and we cover relevant topics and incorporate practical tips designed to help you make a difference in how you lead and live. I am proud to share a few updates. According to Listen Notes, Phronesis is listed as among the top 3% of podcasts in the world because of you. So thank you. In addition, the podcast has two sponsors. First, Phronesis is the official podcast of the International Leadership Association, an association that is near and dear to my heart. ILA brings together leaders and those who teach, study, and develop leadership, advancing leadership knowledge and practice for a better world. Learn more at ila-net.org. My second sponsor is the Bowler College of Business at John Carroll University. At Bowler, we offer several advanced degrees and MBAs, and I'm confident that there's one that will fit your location, interests, and timeline. In fact, our online MBA is ranked as the number one in Ohio and number nine in the United States. We offer international study tours, a contemporary and forward-looking curriculum, and access to senior leaders and flagship organizations. Learn more at business.jcu.edu. You can find links to both sponsors in the show notes. Now, if you like what we're up to, please hit subscribe so you can stay current as we release new episodes each week. You can also share what we're up to with others, friends, colleagues, leaders, teams, students, and others you think will benefit. And now, today's show. Okay, everybody, welcome to the Phronesis podcast, Practical Wisdom for Leaders. Today, I have the intergalactic champions. I don't think there's any other leadership champions out there in the galaxy as of now. So we have the intergalactic champions. We could say they are the champions of the solar system. We could say they are the champions of Earth, North America for sure. We have our team, the Collegiate Leadership Competition team from Johnson County Community College, and they were the champions this year. I think we had 33 plus teams engaged in this online competition. We had some, some challenges on the first evening of the competition. We regrouped, got back together on Saturday, and this is the team that really knocked it out of the park. In fact, I think you won by, you know, given the point total, a sizable margin. You all did awesome. So thank you so much, all of you, for being here. Everyone, you're going to have an opportunity to kind of meet everyone throughout the course of the episode. Where I would love to start our time today is with our two coaches. We have Cassie and Carson. Now, Cassie, you've been involved in the CLC for, gosh, it must be around four years now. So talk a little bit about putting together this championship team. Did you have them? Was it like a Rocky montage? Were they carrying large logs up mountainsides in Russia? Or were they, I don't know, were they running on the beach as they prepared, Cassie? How did this work to, to develop the championship team? I mean, metaphorically speaking, pretty much what you what you said. No, but really, I mean, Scott, you know, last year's team, 
Milo served on our team last year and and we had a we had a team that had really great intentions, but we had a lot to learn coming out of the competition last year. I really I was looking at the stats from last year. We got dead last last year in the competition. So we really I mean zero to hero this this competition. <laughs> um but there was a lot of practice and I could share here, but really I just want to thank Carson. Carson put in a ton of work this semester, working with the team, preparing for practices, um, and just supporting them and encouraging them. I know that there's a few new things that we have going on. So I had a lot on my plate. And so I just want to definitely shout out Carson and, and all his work that he put in. But one thing too, with the team, we didn't have the full training practices that the training book outlines. And so we had like a one hour meeting every week and they made the most of it and they really dedicated their time even outside of practices. So yes, I mean, maybe in their own time, they were running up, running up hills with logs <laughs> and, you know, drinking raw eggs and, and what have you. But um, I just really, they put in a lot of work both in and outside of practice. Awesome. Well, Carson, tell us a little bit about how you approached the the practices on a weekly basis. I'm, I'm excited to hear this, sir. What we kind of did was, this was Cassie's idea, but at the start, we asked everybody as one what how we want to approach it and how we want to go forward with this. And they came to a consensus that they want to, you know, study certain terms each week, you know, maybe do two terms each week, three the next, and really hammer them down so that they have them memorized for the competition. And then during those weekly practices, we went through the curriculum and some of the guides that were, you know, in that weekly practice handout. And we tried to, well, I tried to pull the material and get the best, most worthwhile substance from it so that we're not there. We're only there for an hour and so that we're not there just like, you know, fiddling around for, you know, an hour. Exactly. But, How did you build the team? Kristen, I'd love to hear from you for for a moment. She is on her way back to Germany this summer. But Kristen, would you please talk a little bit about how you all built a sense of team? How did you approach that work? Most of our team consists of student life ambassadors. And then the rest, we actually already kind of met in the leadership program itself. So last semester, most of us were in the leadership program, just going through the curriculum and learning the terms thoroughly without preparing for a competition. And then this year we all just came in together because we still knew each other from last semester. And that's why we have such a good dynamic. Okay. Some of those relationships have been building for a period of time before we actually got to the, the practice season, which is awesome. And Cassie, jump in. What do you think? Yeah. So what Christian shared with our program is we usually the first semester we have students come in and we use the CLC curriculum as a leadership program. Mm -hmm. It's a co-curricular program and we have 10 weeks that we go through um, all the curriculum and then they have that opportunity in the spring to then really put it into practice. It helps us out as well, too, because, you know, Yasin, Hannah, Kristen, Carson, they went through the program last semester. And so to come and dive back into the curriculum this semester, they're a little familiar with it and they've seen a little bit of the past competitions that they've been able to test out. Great. So Yasin, talk a little bit about how this learning experience is different from some others that you've been involved in. Talk about what stands out for you, sir. So I guess what stands out for me the most is that everybody that was doing it was really committed to it. It wasn't like any of the team members were just doing it 
for a grade or because they were getting extra credit. It was everybody wanted to be there. And, you know, doing group projects in class, there's usually a variance of like, who's really dedicated to this? (laughs) But, But I would say everybody in our group was totally dedicated to the mission, which was to win. So it was a great team. Well, and and so James, what I would love to hear from you as you think about this experience, what makes this learning experience different for you from some of the other learning experiences that you've had? Well, for me personally, I'm I'm actually a non-traditional student. So you know, I've been out in the workforce. I've been in leadership positions before. So I've kind of picked up some of those skills already. Yep. And then sort of taking that that skill set that I've learned and then joining into the team as they were before, because I was actually kind of a late arrival to the team. Okay. Um, They had all been through the CAV leadership program before they picked up so many skills. And I remember the first, like not even like the first or second meeting when I joined in, I'm like, these people are well-oiled machines already. (laughs) Like, why am I here? Why do they need me? But like, I realized I still have so much to learn about leadership. You know, you, you can never learn too much. And that, that's just been, you know, one of the best parts about being on this team. Well, you know, I did your your comment there resonates very strongly with me. I had Chip Shoba on the podcast, and he is the former dean of the College of Medicine at Ohio State University and then at Dartmouth University. And he said, look, you know, this work is a mountain with no top that I think for every one of us, I was working with some senior leaders at a bank today. And those individuals are learning, they're growing, they're developing. This, this, this growth never ends, especially if we're doing it right. We're in this constant state of learning. And so I love that you jumped in there and got involved. It probably sounded like they were speaking a little bit of a different language at the beginning. Am I correct? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Like it's <laughs> a lot of the same things that I had picked up on, but explained in, in a better way, in a different way. And that's leadership provides the opportunity to bring your own unique take on it. And so it was, it was awesome to sort of see everybody's unique take on this team. Isn't that so much fun? I I absolutely love working on a really high functioning team that brings their perspectives to the table. And I love those moments where I'm thinking about something in one way, and then someone makes a comment and it's just this beautifully elegant solution, or it's another take on how I was thinking about something and I just love that feeling. I've never been able to really name that feeling. We should we should come up with something to call that. But Yasin, you're raising your hand. Have you, you felt that as well? Yeah, I wanted to kind of piggyback off what James said. I feel like it's an art as much as a science. And so even though we all have the same leadership terms taught to us, we all have our own different styles of leadership, even within the styles that are outlined in the course. Yeah. And, and Mila, if you would, tell us a little bit about what you learned about yourself through the process and what you still need to work on as you think about this whole topic of leadership. I was on the team last year, so it kind of helped. I haven't gone through the CAP leadership program. I've only done the competitions. There was a learning curve last year, and then this year was a bit easier with knowing some more of the terms and how to apply them, how they would run in a competition. And I've learned about myself that I'm a perfectionist. I'm a perfectionist with my group, and I always accept set perfection. And then if we're not doing really well, I tend to become the lone wolf or pull out or just like, we're done. We're done. I will end it, come together, figure it out. So learning to like cooperate and listen as a group. And I feel like our team really meshes really well. Everybody has a different viewpoint and we all respect each other's 
opinions, positions, and everything. So which really kind of helped when we were trying to decide things. One of us was being a leader that I trusted them and their opinions. And I also learned to not accept perfection and more completion. Yeah. It's so important to be aware of. And every one of us, I mean, every one of us have areas for growth. We all have great strengths and we have areas for growth. Rick, how about you? As you went through this experience and for listeners to provide a little bit of context, we have schools and universities from really across North America right now, some teams in Canada, teams in the United States, and they put together a team of six students. In this case, Cassie and Carson are their coaches, and there's a curriculum, and teams practice from January through April, and then we have this online competition. And that's really where the students are given a 45-minute task, and on the fly, they have to navigate that task. And there's judges. There's two judges watching the students perform, filling out a rubric based on the curriculum. Their scores are average, so there's a process score, but then there's a result score. And so Rick, Mila had the benefit of having done this before because it's a little bit daunting. You're given this task and all of a sudden you have to kind of orient fairly quickly with what we're up to here and how we're going to be successful. Rick, tell us about your experience of this and what did you learn about yourself? Oh, absolutely. I, I want to say I had a very similar experience to Mila. I haven't done the coursework for the competition. So I jumped in straight into um, the competitive side of it. And so there was a bit of, of a learning curve for sure. That I will say, just like James, I am also a non-traditional student. So I picked up a lot of my leadership skill sets outside in the real world. Um, it is almost a completely different beast because you learn in the real world through trial and, and error and uh, almost without any indication of foundations of, of leadership. And then the course itself really focuses on the foundation of it. And so although I thought I had a pretty decent understanding on leadership, um, I was opened up to a whole different perspective on it, a whole new set of skills. Uh, it, it was it was a learning curve, but it was very much fun. I really enjoyed uh, every minute of it. And so the experience was nothing short of memorable in the most positive way possible. Good, good. Well, what are some aspects of the curriculum that stand out for folks? Maybe you see it in the real world often. It's like, oh, wow, I'm out in the wild right now. And I'm seeing some of these dynamics and seeing some of these concepts happen. Mila, you raised your hand quickly. What do you think? So I was a competitive chef for six years. And in the competitive world for in a kitchen, kitchen always gets a bad rep. It's a it's a toxic environment if you let it be. And so that solve principle all the time, like you don't really learn solve, obviously, in the kitchen when you're like competing, but the always have like set roles, outline the problem. Like when you're in the heat of the moment, somebody burnt your sugar that's going to be used for your dessert piece. Like obviously you didn't set roles enough for who was going to watch that sugar. Now we need to problem solve as a group. Like what's going to go on? Because in some of my competitions, you weren't allowed to go get more ingredients. So if you destroyed an ingredient, you were had to make it up somehow or either decide as a group that we're not putting it on the plate and your whole group, your team needs to be okay with that. Some of my teams were really good at that and some of them were really bad at that and the solve and you could see it when you would like watch us practice that it was when I say some of my team practices were a hot mess in the real world, they were a hot mess and a half. Mila, that is so cool that you just said that. I literally yesterday morning had a conversation with a potential coach 
from Switzerland. And she is, it's a school that, that is focusing on hospitality and culinary arts. So she was seeing exactly what you just said. She was seeing all of the potential connections from their curriculum, which is at face value, very different, but it's just as real. I mean, leadership styles, followership styles, problem solving, conflict, all of that's there. It's all there. It's just the context of the culinary arts. That's very, very cool. Who else? Who else has seen some of these things out there in the wild and made some connections to the real world? What do you think? Well, I was I was in the army for eight and a half years, so I saw all different kinds of leadership styles in all different situations. Something I learned through that and that echoed through this competition through this competition was, you know, there's different styles for different situations, and I thought it was interesting to see it in a more um, a way that's more digestible because you're going through the exercise and then after the, immediately after the exercise, which is only 45 minutes, you're going through it and you're able to remember all the things that happened and kind of touch on all those topics. Whereas in my previous experience, it was usually, you know, days later when you go over things and it wasn't as fresh and there were a lot more moving pieces with us. There's only a few of us and it's easier to break down, but the same things come up. It's just in a different tempo, I would say. Totally. The the military, at least the army is famous for that. What after action review, really taking that time to debrief what happened. But to your point, yes, after each activity, we've got 15, 20 minutes to as a team, because it's painful, Cassie, isn't it? Painful sitting there sometimes, Carson, and watching the team perform. And you're seeing all these potential opportunities that in real time, maybe they're missing because they're just in the heat of the moment and really making things happen. Cassie, you have your hand up. I love it. Okay. What do you got? (laughs) I just, that brings back a funny memory of Carson and I watching the competition in our office. And we're like, remember set roles. We're like, why are you talking? It's so hard to watch, you know, over Zoom. And then I, you know, I think in going through this curriculum is always, it holds me accountable. You know, obviously as we go through the program, I have some of my ambassadors in there. I have some of our club leaders there. And so for me to be talking about these things, it always reminds me of, I I need to be acting this out. I need to be living this out in my leadership. But one thing that to your question about the activities is I was sharing with them that that last activity that they all did with the presentation sadly mirrored a lot of the meetings that I'm in every day where there's a people have a hard time kind of reining that in. I know for us, we talked a lot about using different leadership styles. Kristen did a fantastic job and she was our leader for that. And we, we had a really good debrief after that competition or after that activity. And one of the things that I shared was that is how a lot of my meetings go is because someone chooses to use a democratic leadership style throughout the process. And sometimes nothing gets done because there's yes yes and so just seeing the value of using different leadership styles at different times and being able to intentionally use those and not default um i think highlighted that very well well there's this beautiful i I believe we use it in the curriculum but there's this clip of the from the film apollo 13 where gene krantz from mission control is trying to lead a group of engineers about how we get these people home we've got a new mission i'll put a link to it in the show notes but it's this beautiful clip where in probably two minutes he kind of nicely seamlessly it's not a jekyll hyde type experience but he moves from yell tell hard sell with here's our mission 
And then he moves into how are we going to get our people home, democratic. And you see him using each of these styles that are appropriate for the context. Dan Goleman wrote an article once about leadership styles. It was in Harvard Business Review. And he kind of equated it to different golf clubs that we use a different club for where we are on the course. There's an, there's an appropriate tool. So I love your comment, Cassie, because I'm in those as well, where it's just this wandering democratic kind of mess and no one is asserting. Sometimes in those meetings, I'll try and use a more pace setting, pace setting approach of say, hey, I think we have consensus. I think we could vote. <laughs> and sometimes that works to get us moving forward. And sometimes it doesn't. It's interesting to watch it play out though, right? As we begin to wind down, because we're only going to talk for about 30 minutes today, as we begin to wind down, what I would love for you to do is just share with me a couple reasons you felt proud. What were some moments where you felt proud of your team? It could be an individual on the team. It could be the team as a whole. But I would love listeners just to hear some stories. What were some moments? It could have been during the practice season. It could have been during the competition. Maybe it was after the competition and something stands out for you where you just really felt proud. James, sir. I wanted to point out like throughout, I think that second and third activity where the pressure was really on and team, I feel like we weren't the only team that was struggling, especially in that second one. Yes. It was a pretty tough one. That was the, uh, the escape room activity throughout the entire competition. This entire team kept their cool. They celebrated those small wins. They kept encouraging each other. And that's really what brings, you know, teams together. And that's something that because a lot of us all work together on a daily basis here on the college, we've been able to sort of pull from that work culture into these activities. And I just, I thought that was an amazing job from everybody. I love it. And, you know, James, that second activity was designed so that you wouldn't do well. That was that you couldn't, no one was going to accomplish that activity. But does the team stay optimistic and display a level of resilience and grit as we move on to the next activity? Because you might have felt like, oh, we bombed that. But actually, you did just as well or better than everyone else. (laughs) Kristen, what do you have? Definitely the same thing. I'm very happy about this team. And they were just all able to, you know, see the good things and our whatever we do for our third um, activity, it was chaotic because we misunderstood the assignment at first. We thought we literally bonded because we barely had any time. I don't even know how you are able to practice it five times. I think it was. Again, another one that you weren't going to be able to do, but we put in there to throw you off, right? (laughs) Exactly. But we already focused on the things like, okay, we're not able to do it. Let's just get done. Obviously, I had a democratic leadership style, so I was really able to get things done. Well, I at least I understood that in the, in the end. But as soon as it was over, we were like, we did our best. It was great. I know this was rough, but we did our best. We can only see how it goes. At least we were able to get it done. We were all a little bummed up, probably because we were kind of hungry as well. But... <laughs> I just, we were still optimistic, even though it really tired us out. And I think that that's very, very good thing that we need to keep in mind when working as a team to always be optimistic and thinking of others and always thinking and thanking them for what they did and also cheering each other up. Love it. So Carson, 
Yes, yes. Now, I actually have two, and both come from that second activity that you were not supposed to complete. The first one is towards the end of it, there was no way they they kind of given up in the sense that like they they seemed like they tried everything in that room and they weren't really getting anywhere and it was really i know the technology was really wonky and it was a little slow and it was you know their uh their wits end but they there's just this moment where they all for five minutes straight they just started talking about how proud of each other they are and how well they think they did and it was just the greatest moment of of celebration of small wins I saw. And me and Cassie were sitting there just like so happy. And they were obviously, you know, so done with it and agitated, but they were just, you know, absolutely crushing it on that aspect. And then the other part from that activity is uh, a highlight on Kristen, who, you know, she separated herself from the group and just cranked out those 40 terms for those easy 40 points. And she really, she got all 40 of those points and she really tore it up right there. And I know everybody was really happy for her. They were thankful that she was there to knock that out. <laughs> Point. I think the resiliency of, of the team that we had was absolutely amazing. Like just the amount of optimism, resilience, grit was was out of this world. That's what made me super proud of this team. And then also, although we do all work together, I'm very proud of the synergy that we created amongst uh, one or all of ourselves. We, we Again, we're familiar with each other, but I don't think we've ever been in a competitive uh, environment with one another. So that does change the tone of relations uh, a little bit. We, we handled it really well. And honestly, we came out being, I, I think, closer than ever. I, I, we're, we're super, super close now. So that's what I was super proud of. I love it, Rick. I love it. So Mila, let's go to you and then we'll go to Yasin. So I was super proud. I did the first activity of leading it. They pretty much handled everything and their decision-making skills, even as a group, was so great because if it would have been me running it, I would not have chosen the, the push cart. I would not have done it that way. I would try to make the most money as fast as possible. And they also stayed super calm and cool the whole time because I mean, we had five minutes left and we were still in week one and they like, we were just sitting there just like chilling, just still chatting, trying to get everything done. And I'm just over here. I'm like, well, if this is what my team wants to do, like, Again, I'm a perfectionist. I would much rather just get the activity done and over with. But I'm like, if this is, they want to take their time and everything. I was like, I'd much rather everybody be happy. We did it really well. And so they not only came up with great ideas, they had great interactions between each other. I think they were the ones reading everything and like figuring out. And I was like, are we at a voting consistent? Are we okay with this? Like if we go on. And they did an excellent job of justifying why they want to do what they want to do to each other and to me. Well, Mila, I think you say something really, really important there that I think sometimes we come into this competition or just people construct leadership as, well, I'm the person who has to make the decisions and have all the answers. No, a good portion of the time, you're the person who facilitates the process and helps the wisdom of the group emerge so that we can identify the best path to move forward. And so I love that story about kind of creating that space. That's awesome. Yasin, and then we'll go to Cassie. Mila made me think about this one. Just the trust level in our group 
it made it easier for me to change my mind because going into an exercise, maybe I thought like, oh, I know how we're going to go about doing this. It's going to be this way. Like this seems obvious, but other people had ideas and I trusted them. So I'm like, oh, like these are really good ideas. Maybe, you know, maybe the first way that you think of doing something is not always the right way. So that's one thing. And then on the second activity that they were talking about with the escape room, just everybody's energy stayed positive and it made it so much easier. That was probably the most fun I had at failing something. Um, <laughs> it, just, it didn't seem like failure. <laughs> I love it. Maybe we'll title the episode, the most fun I had at failing something. Well, have that be the title of the podcast, <laughs> but it's true. I mean, you know, I, I think I love that mindset. I love that mindset because again, we're not always, especially if we're putting ourselves out there, especially if we're working at our edge, we're not always going to win. It's not always going to go how we want, but do I have a team and a group of people? And have we created a space where as a team, we've given her a best shot, even though you think that you're not doing as well as you could, you're winning, right? You're absolutely, you're winning the competition. Cassie. Two things that stuck out to me in this whole journey is I want to just champion the team for focusing on what's in their control. Yes. A big conversation in our practice is, you know, we knew we had the process points. We knew what was going to be on the process points, but we didn't know the activities. And so I just, I love that the team chose to really focus on that and focus on emotional intelligence and focus on setting roles and those things that we knew were going to come up regardless of the activity. Um, and they really stuck to that. And then the second thing, and, and that's been mentioned, but just the way that they supported one another throughout the competition, despite being a little hangry at the end of the competition, they really just supported each other. They lifted each other up. And I also just want to shout out to Carson. He, every practice, he just made it a little harder. So, you know, we had the previous competition rules, but he just upped the ante just a little bit each practice. So they were working under a little bit more difficult instructions. And so I really appreciate him just pushing them and challenging them even more so. But for folks that really had a tendency to go lone wolf when things got tough, I witnessed, you know, just being able to let perfection go and be able to focus on the bigger picture and the outcome of the goal that we are trying to reach because it's so easy to get those emotions tied in. And again, we're tired, we're hungry, but they stuck in it and they really just work to uplift each other through the whole process. Kristen. And just to listeners know, James, we're going off the rails here. James has put on a big blue hat and, uh, See, now that's what we need to do is have people be in very interesting, uh, you know, outfits during the competition, make it more fun. Kristen, what do you got? Yeah, what I just wanted to add onto your scene with failing is that this team is also really good at learning from these failures. We don't mind failing because it's part of the learning process. We get better with it. We don't see it as failure. We just see it as a new opportunity to get better. Thank you. James. I wish maybe we'll put a picture in the show notes so so that listeners can see the outfit. What do you have, sir? So this hat here is actually one of the hats from our mascot here at, at the campus. I remember it was like either my first or second day on the team. I would 
walk in with this hat because I would need it because we were like promoting events elsewhere in the school yeah. for work. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? This is creating a positive vibe, positive energy. I'm just going to wear it to our, to our team meetings <laughs> and ended up doing that like almost every week. And the team loved it. I think it just kind of helped show that this team, like they had such a blast yeah. working together, working on all of these activities. And, you know, it's just been an absolute pleasure working with all of them. Well said. For listeners, this is uh, the Collegiate Leadership Competition. It's an opportunity for schools to put together teams of students, work through a curriculum, build a sense of camaraderie among a group of six students, and then those six students compete. And they, they compete with other schools from around North America and eventually the world. And we approach and are experimenting with leadership in a little bit of a different way. Leadership education, leadership learning, leadership development, skill building in just a little bit of a different way. And it's also, I hope as listeners can, I I hope you as listeners have experienced the, the camaraderie that's developed. And again, this has primarily been some face-to-face, but it's also a virtual experience as well. So how do we do this work? Because I'm fairly certain that this generations of traditionally aged students will most likely be leading virtually some of the time. They'll be leading teams in person some of the time. It's probably going to be all across the board. So how do we prepare individuals to do that work with success? So to Johnson County Community College, congratulations, you all. You knocked it out of the park. You did incredible. From, as Cassie said, last place to first place. That's an incredible story. That's a wonderful story. Good work. Cassie Carson, very, very nice job leading the team and navigating the process. And for those of you, I hope each of you have an incredible summer. We'll see some of you next year, maybe. Who knows? Okay. As always, everyone, thanks so much for checking in. Take care. Be well. And again, congratulations to Johnson County Community College. Just incredible work. They did awesome. And uh, we look forward to seeing what they accomplish next year. Bye. Goodbye. 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 Bye, Scott. Thanks. What a really fun conversation with a team from Johnson County Community College. You know, CLC was founded in 2015 as as a little bit of an experiment. I was sitting with my co-founder, Arthur Schwartz, at an ILA conference in San Diego, and we were kind of tired of people sitting in rooms talking about leadership or people in organizations doing leadership, engaging in the activity of leadership, but really having no sound foundation for that work. So we wanted to try and operationalize some principles from adult learning theory, expertise literature, and it's been a fun experiment. It has kicked my beep more times than one. The learning engaged in all of this work has just been absolutely fascinating. By no means is it perfect. By no means are we where we need to be, but we're learning. We're experimenting, and that's adaptive work. I don't know of another leadership competition focused in this way on actually challenging students to put into action what they've learned. So if you're interested, if you'd like to learn more, you can go to www.collegiateleader.org. We are hoping to secure teams literally from all over the world. It has been so much fun engaging with people who are passionate for this work, educators, co-curricular, curricular doesn't matter what side of the house they're from, but we have really loved the 
opportunity to learn. And we're doing some interesting research on this as well. I'll put some links to some of the most recent publications in the show notes. Again, to the team from Johnson County Community College, congratulations. Great work. Thanks for joining me on the podcast and look forward to seeing you in 2023. Take care, everyone. As always, thank you so much for checking in. I appreciate it. Bye-bye. You have just finished another episode of Practical Wisdom for Leaders with Scott Allen. To contact me, visit www.scottjallen.net or send me a note at scott at scottjallen.net. I can also be found on Twitter and LinkedIn, so let's connect. Now, if you have feedback, I'd love to hear it. And as always, thank you so much for listening. One final nod to our sponsors, the International Leadership Association and the Bowler College of Business at John Carroll University. And now, here's Kate's twin sister, Emily, with the outro. You've been listening to Phronesis, Practical Wisdom with Scott Allen.